Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to Haggard Session and Hershey's Elk High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. We are live from the Double Eagle Grill. I'm Rex Burrell, along with Dane Philly, and tonight our special guest star, Dane. Would you like to introduce him? He is the one, the only, Mr. A.J. Calvert. The man, the myth, the legend. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. <laughs> Hall of Famer. Decrepit, old, and senile. Multiple Hall of Famer. Fellow Cleveland Browns fan. Indeed. Don't, don't let that turn. Don't start that to well, turn the show not off. Ha- not happy about the weekend. Don't, don't but turn the show off. Uh, but That'll happen. <clears throat> so, uh, once again, that's uh, time for wrestling season. And uh, <clears throat> a little bit early in the season this year. But, uh, fans, uh, thanks to your uh, support and our sponsorships out there, Mr. Filling and Mr. Calvary, doing a lot of work and. We're on the air early this season, four weeks ahead of the season. Today is first day of wrestling, correct? First day of wrestling practice. Uh, Belmont had a full room of wrestlers. I was there uh, at the start of their practice. Until they course, kicked you out. Yeah, of course, AC <laughs> and South Adams are still playing football, so they're uh, a little limited in who they have available. As is Norwell. They're playing football. Yeah. Great seasons by those three teams so far, and uh, – You'll be able to hear AC on the radio on WZBD on uh, on Friday night. Myself and Dave Nathan bringing that coverage to you. And a good game. It's going to be Adam Central versus undefeated Southwood. And uh, that's going to be a good game. And then I think waiting for him on the other side of the bracket uh, for the regional will be, no doubt, uh, South Adams. Yeah, South Adams definitely the favorite in that sectional. And the IHSAA gods kind of uh, gave AC and South Adams a break two years ago when they split them up into separate uh, class A sectionals, but uh, I have a feeling, looking at the data, I've talked to a couple people, I think Adam Central ends up being moved into 2A next year for football, and hmm. uh, that will create a whole different dilemma for us at WZBD as they're no longer going to meet and clash at regional. We know that there's only going to be one team left after regional this year. Next year, you could send both teams to the state We could finals. cover two state finals that way. We could. So, so as uh, always, our show is in <clears throat> multiple parts here. We have the weigh-in section, we have the first period, we have the second period, we have the third period, then overtime, and Dane, if you want to take off and let people know how is how the show is going to run tonight. Well, we're going to uh, talk about the uh, season to come with our show and with our broadcast schedule, and then we're going to take a look at uh, Belmont's team. We're going to split up all of the local teams here over the next four weeks before we get to the first match. Uh, four weeks from, no, three weeks, I'm sorry. Three weeks from tomorrow is the first match. And then during the second period, as always, we'll talk to our special guest, Mr. Calvert, today. And then in the third period, we'll take a look at the uh, Norwell Knights. And then in overtime, we'll give you the schedule for WZBD for the rest of the week and put Rex on the spot to make some predictions for football. They're, they're easy predictions. I can do those standing on my head. So, <laughs> Well, if we take a look at our uh, show schedule uh, this year, we are on air every Monday night at 7 o'clock from uh, here at the Double Eagle. And it's just about... Every Monday, we are we do have a couple of uh, exceptions. We are going to do the team state draw here on Sunday night. We need to accommodate our out of town guests so that they can come, and that'll be live broadcasts uh, online on YouTube with uh, Indiana Matt, and we will reveal to you the pairings for the IHSWCA team state, and then we are also going to do a Tuesday night show after the uh, sectional seating meeting. I sat down to make the schedule, and I thought, why do we want to have a show while the uh, coaches are meeting at the sectional meeting? Let's delay it a day. Let's have those brackets right in front of us, and let's spend a whole hour talking about them and have a big crowd here. And then uh, as if we uh, get a state tournament, Rex, we will have, again for you, live from uh, the lobby high above 
Banker's Life Fieldhouse, a show on Friday night before all the action gets started. And well, well thought out, Dane. And thanks to our uh, station owner that uh, has given us uh, very great latitude to uh, mix nights here as we uh, want to bring the best broadcasting we can to the show. And last year we tried to go on Tuesday <coughs> nights, and there's just too many wrestling matches on Tuesday nights, so the only time we will not be here at the Double Eagle Aside from the broadcast at uh, Banker's Life, is uh, Rex, you and I are going to be doing a match at Garrett on a Monday night, and we will be live from up there rather than here at, uh, at the Double Eagle as we have expanded our wrestling coverage to include some Adam Central matches this year. A couple of dual meets that they have with uh, Garrett and Columbia City is having a big celebration. They are celebrating, I think, 60 years Maybe it's 50. 50. 50. 50 years of Columbia City Wrestling. They're going to have a big, a big uh, bonanza up there, and we're going to be part of it broadcasting the AC match. That's just two days before Christmas. And then uh, we have a match with them against Delta. And then we're going to try to bring you the full coverage as much as we can of the uh, exciting AC-AC duels on Friday and Saturday night in uh, December. Coach Culp, one of our uh, longtime listeners. Yep, and uh, a scheduled guest with the show. <laughs> Ooh. Coming bought, up here he's bought in into the schedule now. Huh? December. He's the second most important culp in Indiana wrestling. His, his mother, his of mother course, is way more important. His than he mother, is. of course, way more important than he is. But if he's listening now, he will laugh. And he's up there stomping his feet in Columbus City right now. I know it. Probably agree with you. So uh, we're sitting here with AJ Calver. AJ, it's a year unlike any other. We have no idea whether the season will last four months or four days. Uh, and it's going to be different with every program. What are your thoughts on how COVID is going to affect the 2020-2021 season? Well, I'll tell you, Dan, we got through the football season, and uh, we managed to play every one of the games that were scheduled. And wrestlers over the last 30 years that I can remember have always had to deal with disease, skin disease, funk. And if you had some kind of virus on your skin or some kind of skin permutation you couldn't wrestle so the kids have been taking care of that over the years i think they can handle this as well stay healthy stay safe keep the mask on and just don't be you know putting yourself in a situation where you can catch it from one of your buddies i think we'll be okay i'm I'm thinking positive here well we've had some big tournaments already have taken place we had the uh preseason opener up at uh, the dome and uh, as far as we know there was not any big outbreaks or anything like that and no, and my wife and I went up to that tournament, and, um, you know, probably 60%, 70% of the people were wearing masks most of the, most of the time. Uh, there was a lot of attentiveness to hygiene and wiping off after the matches. Uh, the mats were cleaned. They did split that tournament up into a couple different sections as far as weights, and I think there are going to be some tournaments that are going to get creative as far as how are we going to do this? Are we going to spread out a couple mats? Are we going to utilize two gyms instead of one and try to keep people a little bit more spread out um but you know there there's the community aspect of of mixing fans and then there's the 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 wrestling sport aspect of trying to keep the wrestlers safe and i I think in some areas they're going to be two different arenas and for the regular season you're going to see some of these high school events limit fans and for us we're still going to call all the action we're going to be there we're going to bring it to you But as we get deeper into the state tournament, it's going to be harder and harder, I think, to keep those fans away. And that'll be interesting to see what the IHSAA does. I know they've been offering now a $15 webcast fee 
you had to pay $15 to watch the IHSAA cross-country race webcast. <laughs> Such a deal. <laughs> and they're going to do that for semi-state football, for the state finals in volleyball. Um, not quite sure what exactly uh, the IHSAA is going to do there, but uh, it will definitely be interesting. Well, free, free on the radio, ladies and gentlemen. And that's one thing that we did here throughout the football season, that the, many of the fans that were limited and were not able to attend had tuned in to the radio and were really appreciative of that. So with our first section uh, nearing its end, uh, you have a live spot you'd like to read there, Dane. I do. Trevor Gray, auctioneer and realtor in Decatur, is proud to support local high school wrestling. Right now, Trevor has a property listed at 303 West Grant Street here in Decatur. It's got three bedrooms, two baths, 2,526 square feet. It's a ranch home, an open concept kitchen with Hildy cabinets, and an oversized two-car garage are just some of the features of this home that's located close to the River Greenway Trails. Give Trevor a call at 260-223-7503 and ask him about this listing on Grant Street with an asking price of $144,900. That's Trevor Gray, 223-7503 of Crookerberg Auction and Realty. Proud to sponsor local high school wrestling. Grant Street, my old stomping grounds. Grew up on Studebaker Street. And with that, we're going to send it back to studio. Steve Rouse running the board for us for a round of messages from our sponsors that are played back there. We'll be back right after these messages. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Enjoy neighborhood living and peace of mind for your family in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom, or studio apartment at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living. New address, new home, new life with household amenities including menu choices and times tailored to your liking. A family room with fireplace and bistro, laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included too at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. Remember our great months to plant trees. And Heller Nursery has the widest selection of trees and shrubs in the area. We have maple, oak, spruce, and many harder-to-find varieties. Growing your own fruit is a great at-home hobby. Check out our selection of fruit trees and bushes. Open seven days a week. Heller Nursery is located on 400 West in between 124 and 224, just west of Decatur. Follow the signs and check out hellernursery.com. The Double Eagle here at Cross Creek tonight. We are live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, and Dane, you and I both had the, uh, the 699 special night, the BLT, and I... I dressed mine up, put a fried egg on it, and it was wonderful. You do like those fried eggs. But, I'll take a uh, fried egg any time. A fine uh, meal, and uh, those are available every night here at the Double Eagle and every Monday night during our show, Six ninety nine meal special. So it's time for the first period after the weigh-ins are over now, and uh, Dane's ready to take over for the first period here. Well, I think over these first uh, three weeks, we're going to take a look at, uh, we're going to go the northern part of Adams and Wells County, and then the central part, and then the southern part, so Tonight, we're going to look at Belmont in the first period and Norwell in the third period. Obviously, Belmont uh, coming into this year, you know, last year we were a little bit skeptical about what Belmont actually had. We had a lot of changes to the schedule. 
Some of us, including myself, were a little skeptical at, at, at watering down the schedule and dropping Cathedral and a couple other things. But I'll tell you what, the way the schedule turned out, Belmont was primed to build and eventually ended up going. And honestly, if you look back at it, you know, Belmont ended up 20-0. and 0. We all take that for granted now. But Belmont had a great year. They won Team State, beat Garrett twice. I mean, they had accomplished a lot. And then came that duel with Carroll. And, you know, for a lot of people, oh, who cares? It's just, a, it's just a dual meet. But for the coaches and for the team, it was, okay, we can go 20-0 and 0 and be undefeated team state champions, or we can be 19-1. and 1. But, A.J., how many times in the last few years have we went to Carroll and got spanked badly? More than I'd like to remember. So a win <clears> over <throat> Carroll at that point in time it was. was terrific for the program. It was a great win. Garrett Manley, Henry Kukulhan both had great matches. Nobody will forget Garrett Manley's pin against uh, Evan Ulrich of Carroll, and I know Y2 is listening right now, still shaking his head. <laughs> but uh, you know what? It, it all came together for <clears throat> Belmont, and I, I've told some of the kids that I have in class now, you'll look back at that year and everybody will take for granted, oh, you guys won Team State, so you went 20-0? and Oh, no. We could have easily been 19-1 and at that point. And for them to go on and, and win that match was, was just great. And obviously, the, the, the season ended on another high note. Uh, Ike Rubel making the finals. We all knew Ike was right there. He's top four. He's top five. He's top three. He got a great draw. It, it was a good draw. He beat a very good wrestler from Ron Colley who had... Undefeated wrestler. Yeah. Under the lights, baby. And uh, made it under the lights. And it was wonderful to see a Belmont wrestler there in that spot. And uh, just... Overall, it was, it was a great end to the season, and that great sophomore class are now juniors, and almost every one of them has a varsity spot now, and uh, we've got some new pieces in, and uh, it, it's going to be an interesting season. So you guys all have a, a, at least a, a partial lineup in front of you of who's back and who's out. Well, I, I'd like to say one thing. I know that I kind of decompressed and kind of relaxed this summer at least i believe that's what i was doing i saw him at the golf course almost every day his golf game got a whole lot better rex <laughs> yeah we may have to have a talk show for belmont golf in the spring i like it yeah. i have uh i have advocated multiple times in the last month or two that we need to talk about bringing fans out to watch this golf team in the spring because they are going to be absolutely loaded you got major spiegel this year eligible you're gonna have a great team out there they are so that's why my daughter played golf because nobody could come and watch. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking at Ike Rubel potentially uh, slotted into the 113 spot. Maybe not right at the beginning of the year, but definitely for the state tournament. He comes into uh, the year. Indiana Matt just released their preseason rankings, and he was ranked number three. Three. Uh, the young man who beat him from Brownsburg is ranked ahead of him, and so is uh, Lane Gilbert of Sullivan. I know that Ike did not take uh, lightly to being put third. Felt he deserved second, so he's already got a chip on his shoulder. And I guarantee you that somebody at practice today felt that chip. (laughs) Dane, tell me about the weekend uh, Indiana matches that went on in Greensburg, I believe. Greenwood. Greenwood that Ike wrestled in. Ike went and wrestled with a, a group of Indianapolis wrestlers, some of them from Ron Colley, some from Cathedral. And uh, it was a dual tournament that they were in. I think he wrestled five or six times. Uh, he had four pins and then two decision wins. And, A.J., you informed me that one of the young men that he beat was the state runner-up in Illinois last year. Correct. So Ike is right back on it. And, um, you know, 
I started putting together the media guide for Belmont this year, and uh, if you look at some of the career win records, career win percentage, career falls, if uh, Ike stays on his current projection and we get a season this season, he's going to be right up there in the top five or six wrestlers of all time in, uh, in Belmont history. Another guy that I'm excited about, Mason Myers grew a lot last year. Um, had some really good matches at conference and at sectional and uh, ended up going 13-9, and nine, struggled a little bit with weight in the middle of the year. But uh, depending on where he falls, if he, can, if he can wrestle every match, I think he's definitely a, a semi-state qualifier type caliber uh, wrestler at, one thir- at 120, 126, whatever, as a, as a sophomore. We've got a wrestler back that didn't wrestle last year as a ninth grader, but wrestled all the way through elementary and junior high, and that is... Bryce Rickard is uh, out for the team this year. Belmont fans excited to hear. He decided that last year he'd attempt to uh, start his basketball career, and it didn't go very well. I when, was, you're, when you're five foot nothing and 100 pounds, come on, man. <laughs> I rode him pretty hard at the beginning of the year, but he decided basketball was his thing. And then by the end of the year, I think before Belmont had even ended their wrestling season, I think he had decided, well, I think next year is going to be my year. So he was back on, and uh, he was at practice today and, and ready to go. And uh, I think he's going he's gonna to bring a level of experience. He's not going to be somebody that they just pulled out of the – Hallways to throw in there, and, and he's going to be serviceable. Well, the, uh, the the young man I see on this list that I was excited about that you talked to me a couple weeks ago about, um, Joe Laughlin's on the on the list here, and uh, I watched Joe Laughlin play football all summer long, all season long, and you know had a great freshman season at like 152 and it was a bigger weight class, took some lumps, but just really had that skill and was a really tough wrestler, and uh, to see him back out again. I, we saw him turn into such an athlete on a football field. It was just incredible to watch him, and I just can't wait to see him back in a room. Well, he had a pretty traumatic <coughs> knee injury, I think, uh, at some point during his sophomore year, and that kind of kept him out his sophomore year. And then his junior year, I think, if I get my years right, I think his junior year he decided that he wasn't going to come out for the team and that it wasn't for him. And then by the end of the year he was out, and he said, I just want to be in the room. I don't, even need to, I don't even need to wrestle on the team. So he came back and he practiced for a while, and, and then he was back off. So he's back out for the team, um, you know, and that's part of coaching in high school wrestling now is you've got to convince those kids who are borderline whether they're going to come out or not, you've got to convince them that they can, they can play a role. Well, it's, it's really difficult because you're, you're a young man. You're 15, 16, 17 years old, and you think you're making the right decision at the time. But sometimes you're not, and you look back, and I've had kids come back to me and say, Coach, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you talk to me? Why did you let me quit? <laughs> why did you and, let me quit? And I tell them, <laughs> I didn't. I, I said, you know, this is a decision you may regret somewhere down the line. And for some kids, they do. And for some kids, if the fire's not there, if their heart's not in it, if they're not willing to put the work in, then it's the correct decision. Yep, and we have on our list here, we have, and we're not going to mention them, but we've got a whole list of names down here at the bottom that, that started out as freshmen or sophomores. A couple of semi-state qualifiers on here. Um, you know, it, it just it isn't in the cards for them, and it's not the way that they feel about it. But maybe but, they're uh, one of those kids that may have a, have a reconciliation and come back. It's very true. We've got a couple of guys who, who didn't go out as sophomores, and we saw that on the football field this year. We yep. had guys who... 
<clears throat> decided that Coach Davis and, and his program was not for them last year, and then Coach Hall gets hired, and all of a sudden they're back out on the football field. And a lot of them, you know, they went 0-9 this year, but a lot of them enjoyed themselves as much as they did two or three years ago. Let me tell you a story, boys. Uh, back in the day when Bill Schultz was a junior in high school, he decided that wrestling wasn't for him. He wasn't going to wrestle. His junior year, he was done. Well, a lot of people talked to Bill over the next couple of weeks, including Fred Ish and myself and several others. And eventually, Bill thought about it and decided, all right, I'm going to wrestle. And then his senior year, Bill was an undefeated state champion. So that, that's how close it was to him not being involved in wrestling for the next two years when he was a, 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 a junior in high school. Well, wrestling's a tough sport. I mean, it's, no kidding, it's, mentally, it's, mentally, it's mentally draining on you. I mean, I, I can tell you, I mean, right in the middle of one of my seasons, I had, had a little mini meltdown, a little, you know, kind of. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> kind of a, you know, one of those moments, but it's like you have to recover. And it either, it'll either make it or break you. And, and some people make it and some people just can't take the pressure. And we heard that from Tim Smith last year. Uh, yeah. When he was a guest on the show, talking about you know the seasons before his state championship season at Delta, he he'd walked away, and it told his dad, "I'm done. I'm not I'm not doing this sport anymore." And the and the coach said, well, "You're done until you're ready to do it my way," and uh, you know that's all that's all part of coaching. But you know Rex, if you look through this lineup and some of these names on here, this junior class, uh, Doby Litchfield, back to back ticket round years. Um, he, he's ready to to, to the bust out. I, I think so. He's going to be at 126 this year. Hard um, to beat at 126. Uh, actually, I think he may be 132, but still, he's he's right there. Um, and Calvin Farrell, Garrett Manley are two kids who've got a lot of varsity experience now. They've wrestled at wrestled at Mishawaka, a couple of uh, sectional tournaments, regional tournaments. Uh, they've had some big wins, and they're they're a lot more mature than they were when they were stuck into that lineup as freshmen. And then uh, Alec Mowry and Isaac Freet have been splitting wood with Phil Teamy, along with Garrett Manley and Calvin Froat, all summer, just nonstop. That's all that they've been doing. And uh, they're a lot stronger, and they are men now, not, you know, 14-year-old freshman boys. And uh, another name on that list that, that's kind of a man now is Dalton Robinson. Yeah, I've seen him on a football field, and it's like that young man has grown into a, a man amongst boys. So uh, as I, out of the corner of my eye, I can see the clock winding down here. The first period is coming to end. Before it does that, we have an on-air spot we need to read. I believe that you're talking about me. Hey, what I'm talking about here is the Weber family here in Decatur. Brad and Mary, Blake, and, of course, Moose are proud to support high school athletics by helping to sponsor our one-of-a-kind wrestling coaches show. With a civic-minded backing of families like the Webbers and our many local business advertisers, we are able to be the only radio station in Indiana to dedicate a show strictly to the great sport of high school wrestling. Once again, a great big thanks to the Brad Weber family and all of our many sponsors. With that, we're going to send it back to the studio. Steve Rouse running aboard, as always, with a masterful job. We'll be back with more wrestling talk right after these commercials. At Complete Printing Service, you can count on Charlie Brune and the crew to take care of all your print needs. Everything from color copies, custom-made banners and signs, wedding invitations, business cards, magnetic and yard signs, and so much more. Complete Printing is located on South 2nd Street in Decatur. Our name says it all. Complete Printing Service. Call today at 724 724- 
3722. Complete Printing is also a Decatur Sculpture Tour sponsor. The trained and knowledgeable medical staff at Adams Memorial Hospital are dedicated to personalized care. Dr. Robert Kinney specializes in interventional spine and sports medicine procedures and regenerative medicine. Dr. Scott Colclasier specializes in anesthesiology and pain management procedures. The trained staff serves your medical needs by providing individual care in a safe environment along with education for you and your family throughout your visit. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best. Paul Baker Drywall. Welcome back to the Haggard Sefton Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle at Cross Creek, live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And, uh, Dane, once again, those specials that happen every Monday night during our show. And uh, this week was the uh, BLT, and it was a really good sandwich. So don't forget to come out and... Watch us live and uh, take per- take part of those uh, specials each week. And I put a bug in Jason's ear to get the uh, special ahead of time. So hopefully by Saturday or Sunday you can uh, find out what the special is going to be and uh, join us. And here in the second period we are joined by our special guest, A.J. Calver. And Rex, you... Uh, I've had some experience to, with Coach Calver. To be a special guest on this show, you just about have to be in the uh, Coaches Association Hall of Fame. we <laughs> trying to knock off everybody on that list, but... Uh, Welcome, Mr. Calver. Well, thank you, Dane. It's a pleasure to be here, guys. And Dane had been great if you'd have called me ahead of time. Well, I knew told you'd me say that yes. I was going to be on this show before you put it. It's on It's only Facebook. an hour long show. We didn't have enough time to let you talk if you would practice up. But we'd have some pictures here, some great pictures. So uh, we'll get fans, to those later. If, if you were here, you'd be able to look at some of these photos of the uh, fine attire of uh, Coach Calver. Now, I mistakenly in my press release when I didn't ask him if he wanted to be on the show and just told him he was going to be. I claimed that he was the first man ever to walk onto the mat in Adams County for wrestling. And he informed me that that was incorrect. And then he was, in fact, the second man to ever walk on the mat as an Adams County wrestler. But he was the first to have his hand raised. I was a 103-pounder. And at that time, there was a 95-pound weight class and a 103. And the first match of our career, Gary Geisler had us down in the bowels of the old Decatur High School locker room. And there was a, a board there, one of those, you know, chalkboard, chalkboard, and Geiser's giving us the business and giving us his best pep talk. And he takes his fist and he jams it up against that board and brings it back, and all his knuckles are bleeding. He, you know, and we're just our eyes are big and our mouths <laughs> open. And he's now let's go out there and get him, you guys. And we went out there, fired up like nobody's business in New Haven, beat us 12 matches and no matches. And I learned the difference right then between motivation and preparation. But by God, Geisler did his best effort to get us ready. But that match didn't go well for us. However, the next night or the next time we wrestled, it was against Peru, I believe. And we lost at 95, but I happened to somehow slip behind some kid and who was as bad as I was, and beat him by a couple of points and won the first ever match. Now, some of my favorite stories all time about Decatur slash Belmont slash Adams County Wrestling is talking to guys like Bob Strickler and some of the guys in that time 
who talk about Gary Geisler introducing the sport to Adams County. It was like he was some sort of pioneer. He uh, was going through the forest. He was a Martian, flew in on a spaceship, he came across this this uh, group of people who had never heard of this sport, and he said, "Hey, here's what this is. Now, here's what we're going to do." And he, uh, Bob Strickler, tells me the story that they that they had a meeting where where Gary explained the rules to the parents. And, and, and said, this is what's going to happen with your son, and this is the way this is going to go. And sometimes in, here in 2020, I think we ought to have every season well, the first a pra- meeting with the parents <laughs> the, where they explain the rules the to The first them. practice we ever had, one of my teammates said, hey, where are the ropes? <laughs> <laughs> I see a mat, but where are the ropes? Don't we get to jump off the ropes? No, there's no ropes. Well, that's spelled with an A. That's wrestling. <laughs> wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, some of those uh, stories are, are awfully funny to hear. To think about how far wrestling has come in, in Adams County and the way it caught fire. And uh, in the state of Indiana. Very true. A the, little, little story about Mr. Geisler, my head coach back in the day. He had been a basketball player at Northside High School. Pretty good one, too, but he wasn't very tall. 5'7", five, 5'8", five, at the most. And... He got cut off the varsity team about his junior year, I believe, although he could shoot the ball. And if you were willing later in life, he was willing to shoot you for money. That goes without saying. But so he goes down to Ball State, and it turns out his roommate at Ball State is a former state champion high school wrestler who talks Gary into going out and being his workout partner because he didn't have anybody light enough to wrestle on the Ball State team. And that was Gary's introduction to wrestling. And he got his butt whooped on for I don't know how many years at Ball State and then came back and became a – he was a a coach in northern Indiana. And then when Decatur High School opened up and wanted to have a wrestling coach, he saw that – came down here and applied for the job, and that was his credentials. He had wrestled in the Ball State room, never in high school, not a match. And uh, what he didn't know in technique he made up for in motivation and in conditioning. We were the best conditioned damn wrestlers in the state. And then uh, also Gary went on to referee for, for a lot of years, and uh, he was on his in his last year uh, refereeing when I started up and uh, refereed uh, Numerous matches with him back in the day. Is that where you learned to be a hot dog? No. <laughs> you were a hot dog I came. Own. I came pre-hot dog. <laughs> Geisler didn't have enough hot dog in him to show me. I don't There's not enough mustard to cover either one of you guys. You just have to know that you're the best referee in the state. That's all you have to know. That's how you convince yourself every week you go out there so people don't yell and scream at you. So. So, AJ, when I go back to my uh, students who are on the wrestling team tomorrow and I tell them that I learned all about the high school wrestling career of AJ Calver, what are the highlights? I think we just heard them. As, my, as a wrestler? <laughs> as a wrestler. I was the NEIC champion my senior year. There were four teams in the conference, and I won the damn super duel. I beat everybody that year. Uh, I beat New Haven Kid two years in a row. I won the first ever match. I never won a match at the sectional level. And the sectional back then was still on one night, or was it a two-day event? It was a two-day event. We were in Elkhart. We were in South Bend. And the last year we were in Marion. And the young man that beat me in Marion that, that first day 
went on to be a state champion his senior year, his next year. And it was like a 16-man bracket? Was it it was a, there was a bunch of us. It was, yeah. a, it was a random draw because you only no, took – there was seated. There was, was seated. Yeah. Okay. Some of those in the, in the very beginning were random draw because they only took the champion. So they they, well, they only took the champion okay. then, but it was seated. And I have no idea what or if I – but I was 13-3 and three that year, so I imagine I was seated. So who was the uh, leader on your team, the junior and senior year? Who were the top, top guys individually on those Decatur teams? Steve Hazelwood, our heavyweight, was really good. Although I saw him picked up and laid out by a, a, a former a, a, a young man that became an Olympian who wrestled for Muncie Central. If you can come up with that name, I'll come up with that. It's not Pete Lee, is it? Pete Lee, yeah. yeah. Pete Lee picked him up, put him over his head, put a half and a, and a cross ride, and threw it, put him down gently like a baby, and pinned him in the first period. Pete Lee was a house. Pete Lee was maybe the best athlete I've ever seen in my life. He won the state uh, 100-yard dash and the shot put his senior year. That's, that's, that's a, not your combination you usually no, have. Not usually. And a state wrestling title as well. So uh, Sammy Bauman was very good. Dean Lehman was very good. We had uh, a couple underclassmen. Myers and um, Adams were very good back in that day. We, we had some kids that could, you know, wrestle. But you got to remember, that was my third year. Given an, a fourth year, I might have been maybe a little better. But you don't know. Not so, many highlights, Dane. So then you transition into a coaching career. What was your first coaching job? I was at university school in Bloomington. I was doing my student teaching there. And I had been the head official for IU in their intramural program. I had gone down my freshman year and signed up to wrestle intramural. But I had gone up a little in weight from the 112 that I wrestled as a senior in high school. I was about 135, 40 pounds. And I discovered I wasn't worth a damn at 135, (laughs) 40 pounds. I got laid out. So I said, well, I can officiate. I'm like Brewer. I I got a good attitude. I, I can do this. And I ended up being the head official for the next five years in their program. But I was coaching at university school, and the head coach was a good guy that knew a lot of wrestling, that had coached state champions. And we were competing against Bloomington, Bloomington High School, which was the best school in the state. They'd won state five straight times, so we had our hands full. Well, back in the day, look at the record book, and Bloomington won it years and years and years in a row. They, had, they, were, the, they were the hotbed. Yeah. So what brought you back to Belmont then? A job. And you worked as an assistant under? Kenny Webb. I, uh, I came back to Decatur, and Geisler had retired, and everybody said, uh, we want to see one of our boys get the job. You know, one of the Decatur, you know, one of the Decatur guys. So I talked to all the school board members, and they all agreed, yeah, we want to see one of Geisler's guys get the job. And then I read in the paper a couple weeks later, they hired Kenny Webb, from, who had been a, a Bloomington High School wrestler and had coached at Knightstown, much more experienced than me, much better candidate, but they had hired him to be the head coach. And they were willing to take me on as the assistant coach, and I was a little bit peeved because they weren't real honest with me at the time. They, they, you know, they could have at least given me a phone call and said, hey, we got a better candidate, but they didn't. So 
I got offered the head job at South Adams at that time to be their wrestling coach. Now, did they have a program before that? Or was oh, that they the, did. Okay. Yeah, they had a program. Uh, but uh, saner minds prevailed, and I did not take the South Adams job. I came to Decatur to be Belmont's head golf coach and assistant wrestling coach. And then when Ken Webb moved on after what, three years, three years three then you years, became he, the head coach? He, got, he had the opportunity to go back to Bloomington and be a coach. And that's where he was from. His wife was from there. They wanted to return to Bloomington. And three years later, they, made, they didn't want to because I was still only 25 years old, I think. And, but I was head coach. But don't forget his other Decatur area job. He was the, the best popcorn popper in Adams County at the time. I have heard that from many people. And he's still a popcorn connoisseur to this day. Indeed, I am. So then, uh, obviously, uh, a historic career at Belmont, uh, state runner-up as a team in the late 70s, and then uh, you transitioned into a career on uh, in, in radio with wrestling. The deal there was... I resigned my commission because I was really kind of bummed about losing the state by one match. It's all Brewers' fault. It's my fault. I'll take it's that. Brewers' I'll, fault. I will take it. If he'd have won at regional semi-state, you know, he'd have won a match at state, we'd have been state champions. But, but never mind. I've, I've forgiven him. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, buddy. So I resigned, and I, the next year I discovered I could not be a fan. You had to have some involvement. I I was swearing at officials. I was acting like a damn still fool. Does, but uh, pretty much not on the air though. <laughs> and I just couldn't do it. It wasn't working for me. So after that year, I, I said, "Well, what can I do to stay involved in the sport and keep my mouth shut so I, you know, don't get thrown out of the gym?" Well, I can talk. So I talked to the radio. Arnold at the time, the station manager at WADM, and said, let's do wrestling on the radio. He said, what? He said, you can sell it. We'll do it. I sold it. And we're doing, I've been doing it ever since, since 8081. Do you think, uh, what other programs do you know of in the state who were doing high school wrestling dual meets in 1980? None. 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 I, that, that wasn't a factor. For 20 years. For 20 years, there were none. Yeah. And people would say, you do wrestling on radio? And they look at you like you were insane. Well, Carmel had their high school kids doing wrestling on the radio back, you know, after we'd done it for 10 or 15 years. didn't matter. I mean, I, I knew we could do it. I knew we had a community that supported it. I, I, the kids were great, hard-nosed. Uh, you know, Denny Hayes was a terrific head coach. And it was just a, a blessing for me to be able to stay connected to the sport. And all the partners that you've had on air, Dave Spaulding. Tyler Hill, um, the Kent's boys, John and Dan, Rex. Uh, I hope I'm not missing anybody. That's uh, it. Let's see. Uh, there's a, a, anybody? Spaldo. Well, there was, said, there was that year or two uh, that you decided to go to Arizona, and we brought in Tim Klingensmith to, to fill your spot. One I year. Remember. It was just one year. One year. One year in one Arizona. Year I went to Arizona. Just to, to get a little bit of extra sun. To coach. And that was the year. That was the year I came on fifteen years ago. That was the my introduction to, to WZBD. Started in the football, and then went right into wrestling. And I tell you, I just had a phone conversation with John Kents, and he says he still listens uh, adamantly, religiously. When there's a match on, he and uh, his brother are, are, are still listening, and they both have daughters in high school right now, and uh, 
are, are still uh, following wrestling on the radio on WZB. Now, before we go to break, we got to analyze some uh, <laughs> wardrobe choices here that we brought up for. Uh, this is my favorite. Uh, this is 1977. Denny Hayes is the assistant coach here. Right. You're, you're, you're here. We, I think you're wearing the same hat that you wore when you walked in. Different, different the, sock. It's yeah. a different sock hat, he says. That's a, that's a classic look right there. We'll put these up on Facebook, on WCVD's pages. I appreciate it. Serpico. <laughs> and uh, these, these photos. Uh, I don't know what was wrong with me. I can't tell you. These photos compliments of uh, the late Mo Brewer, who uh, he was like you, AJ. He couldn't, he couldn't stand to watch the match without going crazy, so he took pictures just you're, to keep his hands busy. <laughs> you're standing right here next to Bill Schultz, I believe. Dwayne Keese and Chris Malin next to him. What a team. What, what a team. A, what a great team. I keep this one right next to my uh, desk at the newspaper there just for inspiration, obviously. And uh, A.J., at one of our uh, after-wrestle matches, uh, Mr. S. Campbell, he was the ABC sports guy. Um, can't 21. Remember, can't remember his first name, but he was one of the first TV guys to actually pay attention to wrestling back in the day and he, gave he, us a lot he of liked, He liked our program. He liked the way we ran things, and he came down and – Shot a lot of footage, and we were on AB, you know, twenty one, and it was it was a lot of fun. But our greatest supporter, uh, Hoppy Jim Hopkins. I mean, that's a lot of these photos here came from Hoppy, and Hoppy was probably the best uh, newspaper wrestling supporter there I like, ever was. I like this one with you and Rex here in the newspaper. Uh, AJ's look like he's about ready to get into a boxing match on the sideline, and uh, Re- Rex, Rex is, is down low. He's <laughs> lowered his level. And he's about eight inches off the ground, ready to shoot a takedown. <laughs> hey, by the way, folks, Indian summer is upon us, and it's happening this week. That means to grab your golf clubs and get out here across Creek, and let's get in a few more rounds of golf in the sunshine. There are special fall rates going on right now, and your fall membership specials are still going on as well. All 27 holes are open, and they're in terrific shape. Buy next year's membership now and play the rest of the year for free. Now, it may be only another month, but that's still a month of free golf. That's Cross Creek Golf Club, right below the Double Eagle here on US 224 West Indicator. With that, we're going to send it back to the studio. Steve Rouse running aboard for us around the commercials. For our sponsors, Red Back in Studio, we'll be back with more wrestling talk right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Enjoy neighborhood living and peace of mind for your family in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom, or studio apartment at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living. New address, new home, new life with household amenities including menu choices and times tailored to your liking. A family room with fireplace and bistro, laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included too at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. You don't always need an attorney, but when you do, the man to call is Brad Weber. Brad has extensive experience in most legal matters and will help you make your problems disappear. Keep this number handy, 452-7045. 
That's 452-7045. You just never know when you'll need the services of an experienced litigator like Brad Weber. Welcome back to the Haggard Sefton Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle at Cross Creek. And we are live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, Rexboro, along with Dane Filling, our special guest, A.J. Calvert. The second period has ended, and we now moved into the third period, where Dane would like to take a look at the uh, Norwell team outlook for the season. Well, uh, Norwell has definitely come on in the last couple of years, and a great job by John Johnson, who's had two of his sons uh, on the team. And, uh, of course, Norwell defeated Belmont two years ago. Belmont got the better of them last year. And uh, Belmont and Norwell will clash again this year at the uh, NE8 Triple Duel. But uh, gone is uh, now, of course, the name escapes me, our 195 and uh, Kale Gray. Right. Uh, who had a great career, especially the last two seasons. But uh, they've got some studs. Eli Johnson's now a junior. Uh, he's been to semi-state the last two years uh, and beaten a couple of uh, Belmont wrestlers. He was 138 last year. Another really good wrestler was Isaiah Bragi. And I'll tell you what, Isaac Freet had a great year last year, I thought. He really came on at the end. But Isaac Freet just could not beat Bragi. It wouldn't have mattered if they would have wrestled a dozen times. Bragi was just just better than him last year and uh, he's the guy I think that has an outside shot at a state berth depending on what uh, what weight he ends up sometimes styles make a difference and one year to the next that can change and I I think if free gets it in his mind that he can win that match it'll go a long way towards some success and actually I think Isaac uh, with the summer that he had and some of the work that he did he, he might actually be lighter than he was last year um, and there may be some bumping going on there. With, That's what his dad said. With he, Manley, who was 45 last year, and Alec Mowry. Uh, I tell you what, Alec Mowry is not a guy you want to meet in, the, in, in, a, in an alley. He's kind of a, a rough, mean, tough kind of guy. And uh, working with Phil Teamy probably helped that a little bit and this I summer. T- I tell you what, he is quite the technician that really is kind of the sleeper. that Pete, his, He doesn't have that big name that sticks out. But I tell you what, it He'll wrestle in a match and just very technically sound. He got a good high crotch from what I can remember. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Maori's a kid who lost. Uh, it, there was a while there, freshman year, where I thought he was going to break the all-time record for most losses in a season by Belmont. He comes back his sophomore year after going 5-29 and 29 or whatever he was, and he makes the ticket round. And he really didn't look any different than he did the, the first year. He just had a lot more confidence well, first, and was a lot more mature. First match of the season, he pulls out what could have been the win over Columbia City mm-hmm. by not getting de- defeated by their you know, top-ranked wrestler. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So uh, you've got Johnson and Breggy. Uh, Eli Johnson's older brother, Tanner, has, uh, has graduated. But uh, Norwell has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys back out of last year's team. And uh, along with... Uh, any eight matches that are uh, obligatory, they are competing at the Plymouth Duels on December 5th, and they will be traveling to the ECIC, the esteemed ECIC tournament, December 29th at Jay Bro, County. Bro, you shaking your head? Didn't you used to officiate that? Yeah, I used to officiate the ECIC. It took me longer to get there than, it did to, than the matches lasted. Our good friend and uh, uh, head coach at Jay County, Eric Myers, has done a good job with that tournament. Yeah, the uh, ECIC one time I went down there and asked a lady, I said, it's in Batesville, how do I get there from here? And she said, you can't get there from here. (laughs) And I didn't know, really, and you can't get there. You had to go someplace else to get there. But uh, Norwell will also be competing in uh, uh, the team state tournament. They've got matches against Bluffton, 
they're going to be competing at the same invite at Garrett as South Adams. And then uh, at the very last dual meet of the year, they're going to wrestle South Adams. And, uh, and then, of course, the NE8 tournament at the end of the regular season, which is going to be at Huntington North. What do you think? You think Norwell Belmont won two this year in the NE8? Well, I Who know that Columbia, what's Columbia City going to I know have? that Leo, New Haven, Columbia City, all of them are going to be good. Obviously, uh, New Haven has the uh, other than Ike Rubel, the uh, is it the only returning state placer in the conference? Mr. Chacon, I believe. It, he, it might be one of those Elijah. years. Where, yeah, he and Elijah Ike Rubel the only two. It could be one of those years again where the NEA uh, conference is just people beating each other up and there's no one team going to dominate and somebody's going to get enough wins to come out with a championship. I do know a, a note for our listeners. Uh, Belmont, when they wrestle at New Haven, East Allen is not allowing any uh, away fans. Uh, They're going to give two tickets per participant for parents but beyond that that's going to be the only people allowed so those of you diehards who are used to going to the matches you'll have to tune in to uh, our broadcast here on wzbd as we'll bring you all of the action for belmont um all year long and um you know the schedule is going to be something that, that changes and goes back and forth multiple times this year we already heard uh now in the last week we've heard that th- the 32 team al smith tournament has been canceled. There was a call from a couple people online. I made a comment on Indiana Matt today. Some people saying, well, they ought to move the tournament or they ought to change it to this or they, might have, they ought to have multiple sites. And you know what? The Al Smith tournament is sitting there in that historic gym and seeing Al Smith and seeing the <coughs> same people that you've sat next to for 20 years, it, it, to move it to a different site or to split it up into multiple spots. It doesn't work. It just, it's not what... It's not what it is. It's about being there between Christmas and New Year's. And I know last year I was lucky enough at 25 years in a row that I've gone to the tournament. And I just I can't imagine it being somewhere else just to say it's the Al Smith. Well, it's got to be. It's got to be there. It's got to be in the snow. It's got to be after you got you've opened your Christmas presents. The first thing you start thinking about is okay. What's the seating going to be for the for the Mishawaka tournament? Well, if there's one thing that WZBD has learned with the COVID. Uh, affected football season is adaptability from week to week we've changed our schedule you know from monday to tuesday sometimes wednesday and that's one thing that we've we've understood with this it's going to change somebody drops a team somebody else picks up a team we evaluate which is the best team to uh, game to go cover and we did not miss a game all season long we covered somebody each week dane tell me who are some of the belmont dual matches that we're talking about picking up uh since the Al Smith is not going to happen. So those of you who are unfamiliar with the scheduling rules with Indiana, you get two points for scheduling a, a dual meet or a tournament that has more than three teams, and you get one point if you're only wrestling one or two teams on a weekday, uh, on a weekday night. So Belmont now with those Al Smith points now has two points that they can use. And with the current climate, Entering into another six or eight or ten team tournament doesn't seem like a very good idea. So Coach Gunsett and uh, A.D. Dale Manis are, are looking at the options to adding two more. And I think there's a really strong possibility that uh, we're going to be able to bring you another home meet. Right now, the meets are split up four away meets and four home meets. And I think the hope is that we end up with five or six. And if some of these other tournaments get canceled, like the Carroll Super Duel, 
uh, or even, God forbid, the, the conference tournament. There is some discussion in some conferences where they're just, you know what, wrestling a conference tournament the week before sectional and exposing everybody to eight or ten more teams is not worth it. We're talking about canceling it. I think that's something that's a possibility too. So we may end up seeing a schedule like 30 or 40 years ago where you have 12, 15, 16, 18 dual meets in a season and allowing fans and wrestlers to go expose yourself to one team, take precautions, be safe, and not get into those big 500, 1,000, 1,250 uh, person uh, events with all kinds of people. And uh, everybody that I talk to, coaches, wrestlers, assistants, fans, they all say whatever we got to do to get to that state tournament and wrestle that sectional, go from there and just try to make it through. That's what that's what we need to do. Now you did talk to the uh, administrator of the wrestling part of the IHSA when you were. Where were you at? Well, we did see Robert Falcons at Norwell uh, yeah, two weeks ago. Football. We didn't get to talk to him, but I did talk to Greg Ratliff, who is the president of the coaches association, and JD Mensch, and the most important culp in Indiana high school wrestling, Pat. And uh, she, uh, they all said that right now. They have not officially moved Team State out of the Memorial Coliseum, but they are all preparing contingency plans for if that happens. And right now there are discussions at multiple sites. Who's going to host 4A? Who's going to host 3A, 2A, 1A? And even at the radio station, we have already begun discussions. If Belmont and South Adams and Adams Central are wrestling at multiple sites, how are we going to pull that off? How are we going to be able to do the best coverage that we can possibly do and bring you as much wrestling as we can? We're, we're going to do some tape delay stuff. We're going to do multiple teams. Even the previously mentioned Eric Myers has volunteered his services for that big day. So with that, before we head out, the, uh, the third period ends. We have a air spot that we want to read here on the air, and it's uh, off to AJ here. All right. Thank you, Rex. You always get great food and fun here at the Double Eagle. The Double Eagle is open for lunch. They open about 10 o'clock in the morning. And, of course, you can get your dinner here as well. The Double Eagle offers a safe environment, clean and healthy, for a meal or just a few libations. The outside patio is open if you care to smoke. The bar and restaurant are both smoke-free. Sit down in front of one of the 13 TVs to watch all the games or listen to the wrestling matches and the coaches show right here at the Double Eagle at US 224 West. Indicator. With that, we're going to send it back to studio to uh, Steve Rouse, run aboard for us, and we'll be back with more wrestling talk right after this. Hi, it's Jesse from Heller Nursery. October and November are great months to plant trees, and Heller Nursery has the widest selection of trees and shrubs in the area. We have maple, oak, spruce, and many harder to find varieties. Growing your own fruit is a great at home hobby. Check out our selection of fruit trees and bushes. Open seven days a week. Heller Nursery is located on 400 West in between 124 and 224, just west of Decatur. Follow the signs and check out hellernursery.com. Another groundbreaking service from Adams Memorial Hospital. Your medical story at your fingertips. You can communicate with your doctor, manage your appointments, request prescription refills, access your test results, and view your doctor's comments. To sign up for my chart, ask your doctor or patient registration at Adams Memorial Hospital. For more information, go to adams.mychartcc.com. 
When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. And welcome back to Haggard Sefton Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle at Cross Creek, live from Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, Rexburg, along with Dane Filling. And our special guest this week, A.J. Calvarez. The third period has ended, but uh, the t- score is tied, and we're headed into overtime now. And we have all kinds of coverage to talk about on WZBD this week, of course. Um, I'm looking at, oh, I got basketball on here still from last year. Uh, tomorrow night, turn off your TV racks, turn off your satellite, turn off your phone. Tune in to Al Conversay as he brings you all of the election coverage. There is no tighter race, no more publicized race than, than Pat Miller and uh, Sam Conrad. Uh, lots to judge. talk about there the, Jud- for, the judge. for Judge. AJ and I were out here at the golf course on Saturday, and we looked up, and there was a, a banner flying across with an airplane. And uh, Actually, the airplane was flying across, and the banner <laughs> was behind it. That's true. That's and, true. Uh, is it going to be more exciting than radio auction? I, I live nothing, for radio auction. Nothing can be hey, more exciting than radio, radio auction. Nothing can be more exciting than radio auction. But some great deals on radio auction. Election coverage on uh, tomorrow night with Al Conversation, just as exciting. Um, uh, on Wednesday, Rex and I are going to have another radio show just because we like being on the radio so much. But we're going to bring you, and you need to listen to this, because Randy Heisner had an unbelievable season this year for Belmont Cross Country. He did. Uh, Dion Geis became the only cross country runner in school history, 54 years, to qualify for the state meet as a junior. And Isaac Filling ran the race of his life on uh, on Saturday at 40, Terre Haute. 42nd? What did he finish? 44th place. 44th, and guys with uh, 104. And it was, uh, it was, according to Randy, a soft course. The times weren't going to be as good, but uh, ran the race of his life, and it was great. The Jeff Brom Show, though, uh, will be on after us at 7.30 on tape delay as he talks about Purdue's uh, big win over Illinois as they move to 2-0. and one game better than uh, AJ's Hoosiers on. Excuse me. That's right. No, the on... Hoosiers are two and zero. Oh. oh, they are. Oh, knock it off, Dane. <laughs> You're going to get another test. What the I hell am. are you thinking, man? We're two and zero. Come on. Oh, there's still some debate as to whether or not that was a touchdown or not against it Penn State. W- it, it was a two point conversion. Oh, well, and it all the same. Rex and I were on the radio that night for volleyball. We were trying to bring <laughs> yeah, you the real we, coverage. We did not have a good night that night. Yeah, that it was, was not. You guys blew it that <laughs> night. No, the gremlins <laughs> crawled in and into our Wi-Fi, and we had trouble. But On Friday, Dave Nathan and Rex Brewer will bring you number three undefeated Southwood at Adams Central, who are 8-2. and two. That pregame starts at 6.30, and then you can hear the one and only Bob Lovell at 9.30 on Indiana Sports Talk. On Saturday, you'll hear Purdue-Wisconsin if they let Wisconsin play because they got COVID and so does their coach. If that game does happen, it will be pregame at 1.30. The Colts play the Ravens. On Sunday, they're probably in for a hurting after the Ravens. Where's got the game beat. at? I didn't I write it's it down. Away. It says Colts versus Ravens on my sheet. Pre-game oh. starting at noon, and uh, and then next Monday, our show is we'll preview the uh, Adam Central Flying Jets and the Bluffton Tigers, both of whom will be in the 1A Team State Tournament this year, and both are ranked very highly in Indiana Matt's new uh, 
preseason team rankings. And, Dane, well, I want to touch on real quick a radio article about the young man that from Angola who won the cross-country meet this Story. year. Yeah, great story about a young man from Ethiopia. And I talked to my general manager today who's, who knows that young man. I heard a little backstory, so maybe we'll talk to Randy about that on Wednesday. Yeah, there's a great article by David Woods. He writes for the Indy Star, and he writes for cross-country and track and field. And he wrote a piece about Sturry and his story and where he'd come from as an orphan from Ethiopia and the adoption that he went through and, and, and the, the journey that he's gone on to become a, uh, a cross-country runner, a long-distance runner, and now uh, has his sights set not just on uh, Indiana but on uh, national records. and Basically a world-class runner at his age. You know, 1523 is what's he ran at the state. So I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. We're at the 8 o'clock hour. Our overtime period has ended. I'd like to thank uh, A.J. Calvert for being our special guest. I'd like to thank all of our sponsors that uh, have stepped up to become uh, – supporters of this show and brought this to you tonight and uh, throughout the season. With that, send it back to Steve Rouse from the board and uh, have a good night and we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Good night everybody. Alright Steve, we're going to take a little break here and then uh, whenever we're ready we'll just give you a countdown we'll come back on. I think so too. Oh, we're not you, up here. You're going to come You're going to come back so we can talk about your lures uh, stint? No, we'll just talk about that during a bad match. <laughs> no, we, we need to do this now. We need at least 10 minutes, right? Oh, yeah. What? Well, the, the idea was that the podcast will extend yeah. so that people go back and listen to the podcast. So there's an extra 10 minutes with whoever the guest is for whatever story didn't get covered or whatever they want to go more in depth with. Or in a situation where it's like Tim Smith who... You know, might not come back on the show yeah. so that we can hear more. Although with Tim, Tim sat here and we just we just sat here and looked at him. He talked the entire time. He could have talked three it's times like, as much. We ran through all of our breaks and we're like, yeah, we yeah, blew, blew we, that. we still got ads to read here. <laughs> Tim's a good talker. He's a, you know, you think I'm a good talker. Tim's a good talker. I don't know if he, sometimes he doesn't say that, but he's a good talker. At, when I, that year I had him on as my... That's what he's doing, that financial portion. He's, he's running that shit around you, just talking, yada, yada, yada. And before you know it, you're buying it. When I had him as my partner that year, I had fans tell me that they couldn't stand to listen to him. They didn't like his voice. Didn't Tim? Yeah, that Raleigh gruffy voice. That's like... The guy's got I know I missed somebody that was on the radio with me. I know I did. I'm just trying to think who it was. Between Dave and Tyler... Originally, it was the first one was our operations director at the This is stuff we put on the air. Hey. Hey, Steve. Let's gonna we're gonna come back here and give you about a thirty second countdown, and we're gonna come back on the air, and this will be uh, something you tape for the podcast. So come back in thirty. For some reason, one year you didn't cover it like in in the mid '90s because I did it with that's be- that's Scott because Warren. I got pissed off at uh, Rob because no, it was QTZ. It wasn't even ADM anymore. No, he, Rob hadn't bought it. It was QTZ. No, it wasn't. It, that wasn't. I got the article. WQTZ. We covered it. Mm. QTC or ZB? QTZ. QTZ. You better check on that. I know because come uh, back in three, two, one. Two, one.
Mm-hmm. All right, all you podcasters, welcome back to the Haggard Sefton Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek, and we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Our extended version here in the overtime overtime, the double overtime. Uh, Rex Burlong with Dane Filling and our special guest, A.J. Calver, still with us and talking wrestling on the radio. And uh, many years of uh, your career, A.J., you spent at uh, Bishop Lures High School. And when I was in my refereeing days, uh, I refereed a lot of your matches for the ASAC meets. I'd have to say you did, Rex, and I remember <laughs> most of them. But that was, and uh, you were chewing my ear the whole time. The SAC <laughs> at Snyder, and it was good to have somebody local I could chew on. <laughs> I knew you weren't going to throw me out of the gym, but uh, it, was, it was all good. And those were some fun days. It was When I started, Lures was, if not the worst team in Fort Wayne, which they were. They were the worst team in the state of Indiana, perhaps the worst team in the history of Indiana, of, of high school wrestling anywhere in the country. Okay, I'm going to ask you, why did you go there then? Because I knew I couldn't screw it up. It was a challenge. <laughs> Nowhere to go but up. I couldn't screw this up. <laughs> they had never won a meet in the history of the school in their conference. Not one. They had never won one conference meet. You can't mess that up. Come on. <laughs> So, I don't know. I, I just I still had the fire. I still wanted to compete. I wanted to coach again. I, Barry Humble helped me out a lot. I, I went with Barry to some coaches' clinics and things. I talked with Barry. I talked with Hayes. I talked with everybody I could to try to get back into more technique. Well, the sport had changed. Of course it had. It been 13 years. Yeah. What was the first year you were at Lures? I believe it was 82 and uh, I had seven kids come out for the squad. I filled five weight classes, and we went 0-22. And the next year, I had ten kids come out for the team. I filled seven or eight weight classes, and we went 0-22. The third year, I had, I believe, 12 or 14 kids come out for the team. And the last match of the year was against Wayne, and they were in the same situation as I was. They were lacking a lot of talent and kids and it came down to the heavyweight match and our heavyweight and their heavyweight whoever won was going to win the meet and these two kids they they're grappling and they're and somebody's going to fall on somebody you can just see it the dancing bear show but you don't know who and our heavyweight happened to fall on theirs and we won and we won the meet you'd have thought Bishop Lures had just won the state title. Our kids were so excited after going 0-62 for three straight years. So if you, you retired from Belmont in 79, 13, probably it was 92. 92. Probably 92, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because I, I know that I started refereeing in 81. Yeah, I'm sorry, it was yeah. 92. Yeah, and then mid, mid-years. I mean, the SAC was... Pretty strong back in the day. SAC was pretty strong with Dwinger, Snyder was always tough. Northrop had a good team. Sammy Premio was there. Mm-hmm. The SAC was the SAC was Harding. Too, I, actually, Harding had some good teams back then. That was like Lures wrestling in the AC and the SAC, like Belmont is playing football in the NEA. Just you're here and everybody else is here, and you're trying to compete. It took a while. We started a wrestling club, and um, Dwinger had a CYO team. And Lures didn't, but I got involved, and I said, we've got our own CYO team. We wrestled all the Lutherans in the Concordia League. We wrestled Heritage. We wrestled anybody we could. Wrestled Belmont's junior high team. 
I remember wrestling one of the Bakers. I think it was the Baker. Uh, um, you know, uh, Randy. Randy, when he was in junior high, a Millhouse, who was a heck of an athlete and a heck of a football player, ended up coaching at St. Francis as a junior high wrestler. He wrestled Baker, was leading after a period, but second, third period didn't turn out so well for him. You know, the, the, <laughs> the experience factor paid off. But anyway, it was uh, it was a good experience, and the kids got better, and I thought it made their football program better. And if you look back to see how the football teams did in those years, they were winning state every year. You they just were. had to talk to those football players in the wrestling, that's all. I did. And, and I had to talk to them as seniors to stay out for wrestling. You know, football was over. They'd missed the first month of wrestling. I said, you've already missed the hard part. Come on out, wrestle some matches. <laughs> it's going to be okay. And God love them, they did. They came back and wrestled their senior year. And you had some real stars that actually were state qualifiers, that oh, yeah. uh, kids that, that you know never thought they'd be that on a Bishop Lures wrestling team. I mean, why don't you name a couple of those guys? Well, Patrick Ayala wrestled under the lights. He was a state runner-up. Got beat at 171 by the defending state champion. That Lowell, kid from Lowell? Yeah. He was a star. Oh, he was a star. Sean Tube. Is that yeah, who we're Sean, talking about? Yeah, that's who we're yeah. talking about. And then you've got Thomas Hammock who his junior and senior year finished third in state both years, ended up, he is now the head coach at Northern Illinois. He was an assistant coach for the Baltimore Ravens in football, and he was also an assistant coach at the University of Wisconsin. That's a, a great young man, great family, and he, he wrestled, and his brother wrestled, and, uh, you know, just good people. You know, he was one of those great football players, uh, kind of like John Kins told me one time, he said, Rex, I was just a football player that happened to be an okay wrestler. And that, that's how that transitioned. But, but uh, Thomas Hammock was just such an incredible athlete that he was able to excel he in wrestling. He started wrestling as an eighth grader in New Jersey. He had one-year experience when he came to Fort Wayne. His mother said, my boy's not going to wrestle. I said, let's, let's talk about this. And uh, we managed to come to an agreement, and Thomas quit twice his freshman year in high school. He quit. He was getting his butt beat. It wasn't any fun. It was, you know, it was going well. He was a freshman wrestling juniors and seniors at 160. And, but I said, Thomas, you can't quit. What do you mean, coach, I can't quit? You can't quit. I'll see you tomorrow. And he came back. <laughs> he just didn't know. He didn't know you didn't have the authority to make him stay right. out. <laughs> but he ended up being a state, you know, third-place finisher two straight years and he was just a terrific athlete, a great young man. Uh, AJ, one of my first memories of you is as coach of Bishop Lures at the Al Smith. Stomping your boot in the, the little boy gym, in the old gym. How did you end up getting your Lures team there? Did you use your connection from Belmont there well, with course. Al Smith? Of course. I said, Al, I've got some kids that are going to be real competitive here. Let us come. You know, We'll bring a full team or as close as I can get. And we, I've got some good athletes, and we're going to do, you know, and, and the respect that, that Al showed me from being together back in the day when I was coaching at Belmont, he let me come in. And I had uh, a lot of kids that wrestled in the finals, uh, semifinals at the Al Smith. But uh, that's, that's back in the day, AJ, when uh, you were trying to build that team up. You get to the point where um, you actually – did you win the sack a couple of years, or you competed? You were up there close a couple of years. We I won think. the dual meet par- portion of the sack, and then we got second to 
uh, Dwanger in the tournament. Support. We had five champions in the tournament and still didn't win. Yeah. I was mad at the rest of the sack for not <laughs> kind of you know helping me out a little bit here. Well, AJ, I have a question for you. In all the years that you've been calling wrestling on the radio, your absolute number one best memory moment you will never forget. What jumps out to you? That's a tough one. There's, there's been a lot of uh, great moments. We've cried on the air several times together. Uh, <laughs> there's been, you know, state champions, kids winning state championships. I, I think as far as a moment that I'll never forget, it's when Gunson and Baker won state titles back-to-back and Belmont won the overall championships in about, what, 87, 88? Mm-hmm. That has to be, you know, that has to be the tops. I've had some conversations with some of my students who are wrestlers, and they don't recognize, and especially when Belmont went to that cathedral tournament, and we talk about, you know, the cathedral duel that was coming up. I was like, you guys realize that cathedral's coach wrestled against Paul. He did? Yeah, the two of them wrestled. They did? Mm-hmm. They wrestled under the lights. They did? Yeah. And Paul beat him. And whoever won won the team title. They did? What a pressure-packed match and Paul, that was. Paul took him down, cut him, took him down again, cut him, I think, and then just shut it down. He had a two- or three-point lead, and he was just going to ride him into the sunset, and he did. Paul could have beat the whoop out of him. He could have beat him by 10 or 12. He could have teched him if he wanted to because this kid couldn't stop Paul's left-handed high cross. That's Paul, Coach uh, McGinley. Mc, Coach McGinley from Cathedral. He was a punk back then. <laughs> Baker, I mean, Gunsett was kicking his butt. But, but he shut it down. And, you know, all of a sudden Gunsett realized, oh, heck, I'm ahead three or four points here. <laughs> this is for a state title. I think maybe I'm just going to wrestle a little conservatively. Coach Sean McGinley and I do have something common. He went on and wrestled at uh, Southwestern Michigan Junior College. Where he you was, did. He was a roadrunner. And there are very few instances where two guys have wrestled the last guy on their team to wrestle in the state tournament and whoever won the top two teams in the team race, race uh, wrestling each other. Uh, quite an interesting uh, uh, bout between the two of them. That was some fun stuff. Um I'll also never forget, this is not on the air, but after Denny Hayes' first state championship team won the title with seven kids in the, in the finals the mm-hmm. second day, and um, <laughs> after the fact, the celebration that night was quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that all, story, but that has to stay off the air. That's all I'm going to say. has to stay off the air. You know, I... That year, I actually refereed the finals, and I got down there, and I thought, if I scratch Belmont, I won't work any matches. He took, he took eight, nine kids or something. Seven so, of them made it to the finals. So I, I think, okay, I'm just not going to scratch. Enough other coaches would probably say that Brewers got scratched, and his, they'll scratch me. I got no scratches. I had three Belmont First matches. First time in your career. <laughs> I never had any scratches. Never had any scratches. I, didn't I ever scratch you? No, you didn't have any kids at state. <laughs> That's Ooh. not true. That's not that not year. True. Not but, that year. Yeah, but I actually um, I had a couple of Belmont kids matches, and 
those matches are hard to referee. You're in a state finals. It's like you don't want to show favoritism. You're almost over the edge the other way. Of course and you it's, are. it's not a good position to be in. But no. like I said, you don't want to scratch because you just sit around and watch, watch all day. And, you know, the three of us had such a good time at last year's state finals, and we didn't even really realize at the point that we were. I think we ate out at about four or five different bars or restaurants those, that weekend. We didn't even realize what COVID was and, and what was coming at us. We were so lucky as a sport, you know, to get our state finals in, to be able to see Ike Rubel under the lights, all of those things. And then just two or three weeks later, by the time we got to boys' basketball sectional, it was all over. If the IHSAA will cancel the boys' high school basketball tournament, they'll cancel anything. Yeah, Wrestling, it wouldn't have batted an eye. They'd have turned it off and like that. uh, Definitely hoping that uh, this year we somehow make it to the end. And I think the IHSAA has kind of shown that they're willing to – let teams forfeit and that you know it's not going to be we're not going to call the whole thing off you got to be able to keep your team healthy and if they're not healthy then you're out and we've seen now i think i saw the last number 16 or 17 football teams who've had to forfeit in the state of indiana already in the football tournament and that's just the way that it's going to be and unfortunately we're going to get to regional or semi-state and we're going to look at those brackets and we're going to think boy this is a tough draw and come Saturday morning, we're going to see on Twitter or wherever that this team's not coming. And it's going to change the, the whole deal. So so as our show, we're into our extra innings. Uh, when Dane talked to me and said, hey, I, I got the schedule done. And he handed me this sheet. And I was like, man, that's a lot of wrestling matches. And he said, no, that's just our radio show. <laughs> and I'm like, holy mackerel, that's a lot of wrestling radio shows. And then he handed me the, the uh, program at Dane. I mean, we, we've been... We've been bashed, AJ and I, over the years about being just Belmont guys. And uh, you went out and did some work, and, and you've improved that. And uh, you've been told by a lot of the people that have stepped up to sponsor that uh, this addition of an additional set of matches for Adams County Schools was well-received by the, by the supporters. Yeah, lots of uh, sponsors excited about covering uh, Adams Central Wrestling. So we're bringing you uh, duels with Delta, Columbia City, um, South Adams, New Haven, and then the duels with the ACAC duels. And then, uh, Rex, I think you and I are going to, uh, as long as they have it, I know we have to preface every statement that we make with that, but uh, AC hosts a tournament in January, and uh, we're going to bring you that. And I'm really excited about those ACAC duels. That's a great event. Friday night they wrestle three matches, and then they come back and on Saturday. Or no, maybe it's only two on Friday and five on Saturday. And uh, you've got Adams Central, South Adams, Bluffton, all competing in the 1A tournament this year for Team State. Jay County is good as always. And uh, you've got Woodland and Heritage. Southern Wells, I'm not sure what they're going to have this year. They've got a Lures head coach. I know that. John, um, John Scordos. Um, who wrestled for me. He was a number one seed at 145 his senior year in 2006, then went on to become a Marine, and now he has taken over the very difficult task of trying to rebuild Southern Wells' program because they graduated all their studs. I think they have two wrestlers remaining who wrestled varsity last year. Um, And this is a team that, you know, we talked about it for like two weeks last year. There was an outside shot that they were going to win semi-state. I I picked them. A legit IHSAA semi-state title because they had four legit threats to win first place. Wasn't there a young man that uh, 
had an injury and didn't yeah. continue that was kind of bogus that cost one of their kids yep. from going on to state. That was kind of the downer, kind of pulled the plug on them. Oh, and that, that, that hurt. That, that hurt, hurt their teacher, chances. That hurt everybody. It, it just brought everybody down. It did. It was, it was hard for them to recover from that because the four of them had gone through the entire season, their entire high school careers as a group, and they all felt like the four of them should have advanced to the state finals. And they should have. And then the fourth young man did not get a chance to wrestle until the final whistle, and that, and that was definitely unfortunate. So with that, I'm glad you guys all tuned in and stuck around for the uh, extra edition here. And we'd like to thank Steve for uh, sticking around to uh, tape this so the podcast can go out. And uh, once again, I'd like to thank Dave Nathan for making sure those podcasts get up. He's done a good job getting the uh, football uh, coaches show up and the uh, hits or stoves up and uh, things like that. So with that, we'd like to uh, thank everybody for tuning in and tune in next Monday night as we'll be here at the uh, Double Eagle Grill once again. Have a good night. Good night, everybody.